Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. With the current lockdown restrictions in place, Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Child speaks to Head of Agriculture at AIB, Tyke Buckley, Specialist Patrick Going, and Cork Dairy Farmer Mike Birmingham about the financial outlook for dairy farmers and simple financial tools that work well on farm. Okay, so good morning, everybody, and welcome along to today's Let's Talk Dairy webinar. Today, I'm joined by Tyke Buckley, Head of Agriculture with AIB, Mike Birmingham, dairy farmer from just outside of Fumoy in County Cork, and Patrick Going, who's the uh, expansion specialist with Chagas based in Port Leash. Um, today, we're going to talk to Tyke about the financial situation in agriculture currently. So it started out with a very positive uh, situation in terms of dairying in particular. Uh, at the start of the year, um, real positive prospects on on the cards. And unfortunately, COVID came along then and has changed that outlook somewhat. Uh, so Tyke is just going to give us a rundown on that. Thankfully, I suppose we've seen some of the co-ops lift their prices in the last couple of days and others to hold, which has been a positive uh, situation, given that there was a lot of talk of further decreases a, couple, a month or two, or two ago. So Tyke is going to talk us through the financial situation or we're going to have uh, put a few questions to him on how he sees things going over the next while. And then we're going to talk to Mike because Mike is a, a good example of a person who keeps good uh, track of their money movements in and out of their business and their, and their household. And Mike is going to tell us how he does it. I suppose what's different from what you might expect us to be promoting is that Mike has a very, very simple, straightforward way of actually uh, tracking his his financial um, transactions within the household and the the farm. So, Patrick is uh, keeping an eye on a survey or a poll that we put up at the start there that you should have seen when you joined. And if you just respond to that, uh, he's going to comment on that um, midway through the session. Okay. So, um, just going to move over to talk to Tyg. So, and uh, we'll see what the situation is like in um, in the banking circles. So, thanks, Tyg, for joining us. And I suppose, would you care to comment on how you see things looking now at the moment? I suppose when we started talking about this a couple of weeks ago, about today, uh, things weren't looking as positive as they are currently, or, well, were looking a lot more negative than they were currently. So what way are you looking at it now within the bank at the moment? And uh, what way do you see milk price going? And I suppose, are you stressing your um, plans as a result of of the, the concerns over milk price, I suppose, more? Hi Stuart, how are you doing? Uh, first of all, thanks a million for the, the opportunity to catch up today. Um, yeah, so I suppose uh, this year has been a bit of a roller coaster year so far. Uh, when we at the start of the year, when we what we do is we effectively set what we think base price is going to be for the year uh, before solids, and then we we'll, uh, we uh, adjust each farmer's budget then based on their solids. Uh, what they are achieving on farm after that. So we would have been working on a base price, including that probably assumption in January of, we thought it'd probably be around 32 cents for the year. And obviously then coronavirus came and you know the impact was fairly immediate on the commodity markets where you saw butter and skim, that mix dropping by like within a fourth of the drop by 25%. Um, and, you know, at that stage, it was looking like we were going to face a potentially a fairly serious situation with milk price. But, you know, that lasted maybe a couple of weeks. But what we've seen since is a fairly significant rally in prices. Um, and we haven't seen the fall in cheese as much. Um, 
So, and we've seen, you know, the recovery, those like powders has recovered substantially from where the drop is back to similar levels to was even last year now, but butter is still back a lot. But I suppose we would have been, we are now left, we were now working on the basis of a 28 cent base for 2020. Um, and we think we're probably maybe a small bit conservative even on that now because 60% of the supply is in the first six months of the year. So even if we do see further weakness in the back end of the year, which at the moment the markets aren't showing, but I suppose you don't know whether there is a second wave and the impact that could have if there is. Um, I still think we're probably going to be looking at maybe an average price for this year, 29 cents a litre, which overall isn't probably too bad an outcome um, versus what we thought it could have been maybe in, in, in late March, early April. Now, having said that, um, <clears throat> what we have seen, you know, in as we've gone over the last six weeks is a major weather uh, challenge for some farmers. It's, it's relatively localised, but we, um, in that it's not widespread like it was in 2018, but we do have some farmers who are under an awful lot of pressure from, uh, from, um, from a drought perspective. And some of the guys have got rain, but more of them haven't got a whole pile yet. And that's going to create like a cost that could easily end up costing a farmer two, three centimetres over what they were budgeting at the start of the year. So that's definitely going to put guys under pressure, but still not as probably much as we feared the coronavirus milk price drop could have been in early April. Well, I suppose to be fair, there was some mutings even that we were looking at nearly a six cent swing on, on the basis of it, or there was even talk of 22 of a base at one point. So given where we're standing at this moment in time, all milk processed uh, correctly and safely, we'll say, or managed through the, the situation has been excellent from the point of view of the co-ops, and I think they deserve good credit for that. Um, they managed the situation quite well. And then from a farming perspective, I suppose, have you seen much of a change in terms of movement in current account uh, transactions and so forth in the short term or have you seen much in terms of extra inquiries as yet? Probably hasn't really begun to, to hit home yet, maybe, in terms of the yeah, reduction so, relative. Yeah, um, like uh, dairy is a bit different from some of the other sectors that we deal with. If, if, if we, so we always would have seen dairy, the impact in dairy as being a, a kind of a, a lag effect. So if you take hospitality, take hotels or bars, like the impact was immediate, you know, because they had to close. So straight away, bang, your, your revenue is gone. Whereas with, with, with the dairy side of it, it was always, I suppose, we three concerns. We, we, the con first concern was, will guys be able to get inputs? And that hasn't proved to be a challenge, thankfully. The second thing, as you say, was the big concern was, will, all, will, they, will their out, uh, output be processed? Will the milk be processed? And again, as you say, I think the industry's done a fantastic job to, to, to manage to get through the peak without any disruption. And the third thing then was like the impact of the price drop. That would always really take off from the cash flow point of view as you come towards August, September onwards, because of the fact that that's when your income starts to tail off. And obviously the costs that are, that you may have, that you have to cover from the, from the back end uh, uh, become payable. So particularly on the weather side of it, when a lot of the feed costs that are incurred, they start becoming falling due as, as we progress through the year. So we haven't seen a whole pile yet that we're tracking overdraft utilization. We track it always month on month and it hasn't we haven't seen any material change in the overdraft utilization for for the dairy sector as of yet um so 
we've seen some, we have some customers that have, have come to us looking for cash flow support. Um, and I suppose maybe some of that is guys taking a cautious approach, which is no harm either. Um, and more guys that know because of the weather, they are going to be under pressure from the cash flow point of view and they're, they're, they're getting ready now. But it wouldn't be a widespread, it would be a trickle rather than a flow is probably the best way to describe it. Okay, so <clears throat> um, I suppose to, given the year that's in it in terms of Thames and so forth, finishing up in a lot of cases and a, a lot of approvals in place and maybe people have been cautious maybe about doing anything in the, in the short term, but there, there can be some significant projects to be completed um, what would your advice be to farmers that have approvals in place now maybe are kind of wondering should they, shouldn't they and what advice would bank, the, the bank be giving those people and well, I suppose the, contingency, um, contingency sorry yeah. to cut across it, the contingency fund is probably something that I see from my perspective is, is a thing that people underestimate as well so maybe any point, pointers that you might have in that regard as well would be yeah, so that, that's definitely the, the, something we come across uh, quite regularly. Um, it, it's, it, it's, 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 um, you'd always need to factor in the contingency, even in normal circumstances, because um, it's very difficult to price uh, agricultural jobs. It's very difficult to price any job, any construction job. But agricultural jobs can, can often be yeah, more difficult to price um, accurately. Uh, because often you hit stuff that you don't expect to do, or sometimes farmers maybe do more than they initially planned to do. So, yeah, definitely building in a contingency of you know anything ten and twenty percent is 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 recommended regardless. So I suppose the, the, the I suppose it, from a dairy perspective, you know the thing that you've got to realise is that if you're if you're planning uh, a milking facility and if you need that milking facility next February you got to be absolutely certain you're going to have it. You know, you can't, you can't miss out by two months with a milking facility. Um, cubicles, obviously the same. Um, so what we'd be saying to guys is you've got to be, if you've got your approval in place, you just really want to be uh, working on the basis that you, can, that you can take a project delay of a one to two months beyond where you think it's going to be because um, there's no point in, if you're sitting down and you're saying, Jesus, I'd be all out to get to, to have it ready by February now. Um, you really are pushing, you know, it's going to be tight. It's going to be very tight. And if one guy lets you down for, could be genuine reason or whatever, weather could come, cause difficulties at the back end, you, you really got to be sure that you're going to hit those deadlines and, um, and be realistic with your timescales as well. And then in terms of the financial side of things, then Ty, I guess, was... Um Sometimes there can be a knee-jerk reaction to kind of the likes of COVID announcements and we'll say um, drops in the dairy auction in New Zealand and so forth like that. And people decide that they're not going to go ahead with a, a big job. And it's actually fundamental to the business itself, really. So I often say to people, like, stick to the plan. Uh, if you're planning on doing this job, put the finance in place to do it. If, if you're planning on doing this job, you're obviously expecting to be in a position to pay for it and it's not going to be paid for in the next 12 months so think think about your situation like so have you seen people maybe that have money secured for big jobs kind of maybe pausing in the short term or are they still beginning to move on or what kind of engagement are you getting in relation to capital investment this year 
Yeah, so I, I suppose just on that, if you look, if, if, if I look at how we, and if we have a, a farmer that comes into us with a big capital project now versus last February, we do exactly the same analysis. So we're still working on the same long-term mill price, 30 cent a litre is our long-term base mill price. We know, we're not saying we think it's going to be that, but that's what we're doing our budgets on. And then we put in stress tests after that for, you know, we stress the interest rate and we stress the, the mill price as well for, you know, to take a, a, if the business does suffer a shock, can it can it withstand it, be it weather or, or other? So we're still working on exactly the same long-term mill prices were pre pre-COVID, and I think exactly that. If you're looking at doing a, a capital project, it's going to be a ten to fifteen-year uh, project in terms of getting a return on it. So, you know, the confidence that we'd have in the in the markets is is not doesn't you you, you don't uh, completely take a knee-jerk change because of something which is very significant like COVID but we'll, this will pass too and um, the long-term outlook that we'd have in the sector isn't changed by what's happened so I, I we haven't uh, a lot of the our guys that had approvals in place that had plans in place to start um, that is most of those guys have progressed um, I suppose what we did see all right in the last two months is that guys who might be thinking about doing something may have pressed pause. No, that might be more to do with the fact that they might think they might get it done this year because of, of trying to, you know, get contractors and, and get supplies and all that. Uh, and maybe as well as that, not being sure what cash flow is going to look like for the rest of the year. And, but um, uh, we've seen guys progressing in fairness with their, with their construction projects. But I think, as you say, that's it. I think that you've got to look at this as, as, as a 15 year, he's a 15 year outlook on these things. And, you know, if if you're getting very very concerned because of a short term impact like that, you you know it's, sometimes it's probably maybe being uh, that might be necessarily that that concern needed. If you're confident in your long term outlook, I, you know you should progress really. I think once you're happy that you can get the project done on the timescales you're expected and the cost that you're expected to do it as well. Yeah, I suppose one of your colleagues um, describes what you're describing there as the Asher money. I think it's a good way of descri describing it. So the digger was in the yard, so sure I got him to do, I'm sure I asked him to do that as well while he was here. So I suppose it's it's in a year like this that you have to be careful of that kind of situation that you don't overspend because very rapidly it's 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 uh, uh, 10,000 can become 20,000. And that's is that, that can be where the pressure can come on in a cash flow situation because you've secured the finance for, for the job of 100,000 or whatever, but suddenly we've spent 110 and the 10 is coming out of the current account as opposed to coming out of the loan, which has been pushed out over the seven or 10 or 15 years, depending on the project. Um, and then maybe the, do you see a share of that? Do you, see, do you actually see a share of that on an annual basis that people come back at the end of the year having overspent on some stuff maybe that they had already financed looking for extra finance yeah you see i suppose you know what what tends to happen is that um like we will have farmers that you know if you sit down at the start of the year and they say well look i i'm going to spend Fifteen thousand euro on, for instance, they might say say they're upgrading their water system, and they say I'm spending fifteen thousand that, and you know, I expect the price to be thirty two cent a litre, and I expect you know normal weather conditions, so like I'll have no problem in paying that out of cash flow, and then something happens like COVID and weather, or and both in this case, and suddenly then that 
15 grand isn't there. So what ends up happening to fund it is the overdraft or your working capital facilities. So yeah, we do see a bit of that. And I suppose what we, what, what I would say to guys is you, you know, if, if you did some of that, if you did that even last year, you can still look at putting finance in place for it now. So you could still come to the, to your bank and say, I spent 15,000 on this last year. I did it from cash though. I don't want to put finance in place retrospectively. And you can do that and you can replenish your working capital with that 15,000 and, you know, give it back to the cash flow that it would, uh, and to help you get through the year. So yeah, we do see a good bit of that happening. Uh, and sometimes, a lot of the time it's because farmers genuinely thought that like cash flow is going to be fine. So I'll be able to do it. And then something untoward happens, like has happened in 18 with weather or this year with the mid price that's still probably going to be two to three cent below where we all thought it was going to be in in january yeah so so just with that that in mind then would you actually prefer if people approached you in advance and secured the finance for the capital investment and i suppose there's a a sense of we, we like to pay we like to try and pay our own way as as a nation in general like we like to own our properties etc um in in regards to mortgages and people and farming in particular love to pay down debt very quickly and so forth but is there a certain element of could we manage the money a bit better in terms of approaching you you and your colleagues for for the finance for this kind of work and okay if the cash flow comes good then and we're in a position to clear off the loan within 12 months or 18 months fair enough but like in terms of reserves of cash and stuff are we inclined to cut our clock too close to to the measure in terms of having enough to do what we need to do on an annual basis. Yeah, I, I mean, what I would say, I always say to farmers that I, that I deal with, like, um, if you're if you're borrowing, you don't go, go as lo- go don't be sharpening it deliberately. So, in other words, if if you're doing a project and you can, so the term of the finance will depend on the asset that you're funding. So, for instance, if you're putting up uh, a, a shed like you can get that funding over 15 years potentially so i mean we would have t- farmers say well i want it over seven because i want to pay it over seven well, what i'd be saying to them is like you can take it over 10 or 12 and still pay it over seven if you want because you paid ahead of schedule if it's a variable rate loan there's no penalty for paying it ahead of schedule um and if you and then you can p- choose to pay ahead of schedule in all the years you can afford it, but the year you can't afford it, then you can go back to your 10 or 12 year repayment schedule. So yeah, I, I, so I said, guys, don't be in such a panic to pay. And as you, as you said, Stuart, you know, you need, to, it's no harm to build up a, a bit of a buffer of like, so what I'd say to guys always, like you, you should try and have six to 12 months repayments put aside that you can get your hands on for a really, really bad year. So then in a year like that, if you've that put aside, you can work on the basis that the farm doesn't have to make its repayments that year, if you know what I mean. So yeah. rather than the first thing to do to try and knock off debt as fast as possible, to look at building up a buffer, you know, it doesn't have to be massive, but build that up, have it there, and take a, a slightly longer term than maybe you were intending, and you can still pay it back over a shorter term as you want. But then you control your cash flow much better than having to go on a seven-year term and find, oh Christ, I need to switch to 10. And then you've got to get the bank to change that for you. So you're not in control. You're, you're, you're looking for the change. Whereas if it's the other way around, you're the person that, that actually governs what term. You make the decision yourself. Like, yeah. 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 
Um, and I suppose, uh, just a final question then, you've kind of touched on it there in terms of the retrofinancing of some capital that was done last year maybe, but uh, what other options are available, I suppose, at the moment? We're probably talking about um, the people in the drought hit areas predominantly now because, as we've said, yeah. the COVID scenario hasn't been as severe, but where cash flow is coming under pressure and part of a couple of cases where things have just gone wrong on farms and so forth, so that will put pressure on cash flow in certain cases. So what kind of options are available to people this year so? So the first thing that's available is the payment break. Uh, the, 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 you, can you can get a three-month payment break, um, but that deadline is very fast approaching because uh, that break has to be in place and operational by the 30th of June. So really, if that's something that you're considering, you need to be contacting your bank this week. Um, so that's the first thing that's available. Uh, and and that's available because for COVID impacted customers, but uh, the you know all dairy farmers are effectively COVID impacted because the price has been reduced because of COVID nineteen. Um, so the other options then are I, I spoke about um, retrospectively funding uh, investment. We did a lot of that in twenty eighteen actually. Uh, you know during the drought period where for you know we had a very good year in seventeen. Yeah. from a mid-price point of view. So a lot of guys did stuff in cash on 17 and we ended up retrospectively funding that in 18 and putting that money into the, into the farm cash. So then that option is there. Um, you've got working capital uh, that you could look at for increased working capital um, or you could look at potentially the interest-only route as well. Uh, if that's something that, if, there, if you're, if you've, I suppose the interest-only really only suits guys that have a lot of debt, a lot of borrowings, um, and it does help alleviate cash flow, but it's not a, not a massive uh, short-term benefit because it doesn't put liquidity into the business. It doesn't inject cash into the business, like say retrospectively funding investment would be, or getting additional working capital. You're straight away getting cash. Interest yes. only, you only get it as, because you, as you, it's what it's doing is it's reducing the future outgoings, but it's not giving you, you know, a short, sharp, uh, injection, injection of, of yeah. capital yeah exactly okay very good um so we'll uh, just i'm just going to move to patrick there just to maybe give a few words on the um on the poll that we've 116 17 people on on the webinar there at the moment so just to see what kind of information today uh, give back to the questions you might just outline the questions as well patrick just briefly and it might feed back into some of what tiger said and it might also um give us a bit of context i suppose for what mike is going to talk about also yeah thanks george so the first question was who do you seek your financial advice from and there's a it's a bit of a range and some people are getting uh, information from multiple sources which is great and um, so the most common is the accountant and then it's followed by the bank and the agriculture advisor i think within that it's great to see people looking obviously the accountant has a good understanding of your business but also contacting your bank and your agriculture advisor and using the team to help plan the farm forward is very important because you get with some of these decisions that you discussed and um, potentially if you're looking at cash flow issues you need a couple of advices and people are working for you to help you out through the system the second question is uh, do you do some form of cash flow planning for your business and 93 percent of the people said they did which is great to see uh, the third question is uh, if you've answered yes to the above how do you do it so again there's a bit of a range in this so some people on the back of an envelope each month so just keep a 
an idea of ingoings and outgoings. Um, some people have a farm diary and they write it down throughout the year. That's about 30% of people as well. And then uh, the next is the software packages like CashMind or Cost Control Planner. Uh, about 30% of people are using uh, software packages to help. So I suppose the one thing I would say on that is I don't mind what you do once you're doing it and you're keeping a good record. And if it works for you and you're, you feel you have a good handle on your business and your cash flows, um, then stick to what you're comfortable with. And then there's just a question there on how um, often do you do it? So 45% of people are doing it monthly, which is great. And I think Ty would have hit on that is like the flow of cash through the area business isn't uh, it changes from month to month following the milk checks. And it's very important. Uh, and also the costs are different at different times. So the, the more you look at it, the better. And 34% of people do it on a yearly basis. Um, and then some people are doing it both. So they um, do a yearly uh, budget and then they track it through the year, which probably is best practice. So you look ahead, see what you can do, and then monitor it as the year goes out. And the last question in short was, um, how many uh, of the people on the survey see a potential cash flow issue towards the end of the year? And it was about 20% of people didn't know, um, I suppose, but the, of the balance then, it was about half and half, so 40% of people said they're okay, and the other 40 said they may see an issue with cash flow towards the end of the year, maybe it's associated with drought or maybe the lower milk price. So I suppose some people there may just have to sit down again and look to their figures and look at it. Um, I'll just take the opportunity, Stuart, to say like Chagas are just running a small campaign on cash flow planning as a discipline, and I think as businesses grow and as people start getting into bigger number herds of cows and level of debt, the, the importance of cash flow planning and managing your business is, is, is up there with uh, grass budgeting or watching your breeding. And I, to help that, Chagas have a, a dedicated web page on the website and they have a small tool there, it's called the five minute cash flow. It just helps you give you a snapshot of where your farm is compared to last year and gives you a bit of a help if you want to move forward on it. Very good. So I suppose, um, Ty, I suppose, would you care to comment in terms of the responses there? We obviously have a good uh, a good audience in terms of people that are kind of looking at cash flow. Uh, is it something, would it not be one of the one things that you'd probably say in conversations that I've had with you in the past that there isn't a huge amount of it happening on farm generally, in your opinion, in terms of cash flow management or cash flow monitoring, sorry? Yeah, I suppose uh, there's probably not as much of it happening as, Maybe we'd like the the, the um, I suppose I just echo what Patrick said. The, the most important thing it's it's not necessarily the the, the um, how you do uh, how you do it. It's that you do it at all. Um, and I think as well as that, um, it, it doesn't need to be massively detailed in a lot of cases. Like if you know how you so if you know how you did last year roughly then that gives you a great chance to be able to figure out how this year is going to be so that's the first part and then if something happens like uh, you you say you go okay i'm down three centimeter well if you know i produced five hundred thousand liters last year straight away i know i'm down 15 grand and if you know you were you know that the farm i worked out and you know was comfortable enough had a surplus of 20 last year well you know you're probably going to be okay but i suppose the, the one other thing i'd say on the cash flow is 
you've got to factor in all the household uh, income and costs. So what I would see at times with the cash flow is that the cash flow is just confined to the farm, which is, 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 is obviously the first part of it, but you've got to factor in then what does the farm have to, to supply to the household um, because that's, at the end of the day, the cash is, is what's coming in and what's going out. Uh, and sometimes that can be often maybe underestimated on farms that, that how much the farm actually has to, has, to, has to pay in terms of living expenses can be maybe more than people think at times. So yeah. that's probably something I, I definitely think that needs to be kept in mind when farmers are planning it. And of course, as well, um, Patrick has pointed out several times there in the last couple of months in meetings that we've been having that some people have lost their jobs as a result of COVID. So that could yeah, actually exactly. rule out a, a source of income into the household, maybe potentially as well. And that the farm is expected to carry the can for that. So it's a very important point that you make about monitoring the cash flow as well, because um, uh, it could be just under more pressure than you would. So, OK, you can take last year as being a normal year. Uh, but if this year is after changing in that context, then you're going to, the farm is actually going to have to carry more. So your 20,000 surplus may not exist at all. So you can't afford to do that capital investment or you definitely need to finance it. So, okay. So I suppose uh, both, both this, the survey or the poll and what Tiger said there is teeing us up nicely now to talk to Mike. And um, Patrick has said there about the importance of uh, grassland management and uh, breeding and so forth. And Mike is excellent at at both of these already and you'll know that he's um, an award-winning farmer in terms of the grassland or grass 10 campaign uh, we should have been having an event with you mike in the next couple of weeks uh, but we got away with it yeah so, so we're, catching, we're catching you for this instead <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks Stuart. And, you won't, and you won't get away with the grass thing either <laughs> oh. <laughs> so so uh, mike i suppose um your new entrant to dairying back in 2012-2013, yeah. um, but you've been cash flow man or, uh, man monitoring or budgeting, I suppose, before that, even uh, when you had a cattle enterprise and when you had a contract rearing enterprise as well. Um, I suppose just initially, I suppose I'll ask you to tell people, how do you actually keep track of movement and money in and out of the farm and the house? Oh, right, Stuart. Thanks a million for having me. Um, well, we do we do it simply enough now, to be honest with you. Um, all I have is um, a ledger of happy book here, like, you know, the one you'd have in school. And um, all we do really is um, we've taken the stuff out of the prop, you know, the inputs for the profit monitor. So we've them down one column, let's say, and uh, we have the months then on the other column and uh, passed away. And all we do then is once a month, once, sorry, Stuart. Uh, once right. a month, then we'd um, we just update from the bank account and the checkbooks uh, what's gone out of the account, and then in uh, another copy book, then we write down what's owing. Let's say so we try and balance the books as best we can. That way. Okay, so and just to pick up on something that Tyke said there, and yeah. in the conversations we've been having in advance of today, um, you said as well that you're able to basically nearly turn the sheet back, and you can see what you did yeah. last month and in, in yeah. the same year, the same month last year. And yeah, that's so a good guide. It's a great guide. Like that's um, the main thing there that we do is um, let's say we can look back over the last three years, let's say now, and um, we can see now in June how much we'd spend in June, let's say so. We know then 
if we're doing something out of kilt in the farm, like if we're, like I know now we had the drought, so we had to be a bit heavier this month, like, so that's what will drive up uh, the meal cost this month compared to last year. So we can we can keep a track on exactly where where the money is going when we lead in that way, you know, that we can see that the money is going on feeding and maybe we could pair back other things then if if required, like, you know. Okay. So it's it's a handy guide just to see where we're at today, let's say, and where we could and then we can flick back, let's say if we're doing out this month now we know we've got our milk check in now, so we know what we have and we know what we have to spend. And if we have a little bit left over, well, we can say what surprise is going to come up over the next couple of months by looking back over last year's. Okay, very good. And I suppose you kind of touched on it there in in your answer already, but when exactly do you do it? Uh, we probably do it at the start of the, the end of the month, the start of the, let's say, the first, second or third day of the month, we'd probably sit down. We can go online to check our bank account and we just go back over the checkbooks and we write in um, what was spent and uh, where it went. You know, and then that month then as well, we'll probably write down, let's say, we'll be doing June's ones now, let's say next week in July. So in, Ju- in July then we'll be able to write down what we, let's say, what the contractors did in June. And if we bought surprise or something that might be owing till July or August, we can write that into the book as that's what's the you know that can be going forward stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. You know? And if, what what are the benefits of doing what you're doing in your mind? I suppose I suppose um, the benefits are um, you see we are new entrants and we're I suppose we're, we're cash hungry all the time really. So <laughs> not a feeling. So yeah. <laughs> so. Like we'd have, we'd have a little pride. Like I suppose the past couple of years now, I've been doing jobs out of cash flow. Like, and really, what we want to do is, you know, you'd end up spending ten or fifteen, ten, fifteen to twenty thousand maybe a year on capital jobs. Like, but we're trying to save up the money, so we know, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to start a job now in June, let's say, and it's going to cost us twenty thousand, right? We don't want to end up in November saying. Jeez, I need twenty thousand now to pay my merchant, or I need twenty thousand to pay. You know, we want to be able to be sure when we're writing that check that it's not going to let someone else down. That's uh, for for money. That's the that's the main priority, really, of it. You so know? it's giving you. It's a bit like the grass budgeting. So yeah, it's giving you a three or four month window, maybe even six month window, because of exactly. the information that you have from the previous years to yeah. say that. I'm going to have to spend X and we know yeah. we're going to have Y. So there's a little, Z is what's left in the middle. Basically. Z is we, what's left. Z is what's left in to do, put in the spur roadways or do the water or do that kind of work. Or else it's a case of, look, we won't do that this year. We'll put it off the next year. Do you know, yeah. we leave a bit of what you could do or we've done previously is let's say we mightn't have enough reserve build up. So what we do is, we might only have 10,000, so you could go in and in November or December and forward buy your fertilizer. So that next April, next year, then when you should be paying for your fertilizer in May, June, July, you have the money saved up and a bit on top. So you might be able to tackle the project in, you know, if you wanted to. Okay, very good. And I suppose yeah. um, you're kind of, Tiger also mentioned it, I think, during the conversation we were having with him, but in terms of, your seasonal milk supply situation. So yeah. you come to October, November, and the the money is beginning to fade off. But Dry up. 
And Saint is coming. Sarah and Kaylee are putting on pressure for big, yeah, price, yeah, big yeah. pricey presents. Yeah. And Gina has to be seen too as well. So, oh, what do you do in terms of planning for to deal with that? Uh, I suppose, what would you, famine, I suppose, nearly. The dry period. <laughs> the dry period, exactly, yeah. Yeah, because, um, that, that, like, we dry up the cows here on, on the, I don't know, on the 10th of December, like, so we've no, we've no money in, in February, and really our big, the next big milk check will come in in April, like, so, like, we have to budget that you need, probably, I suppose, you'd know better, maybe 300 euros a cow or something to carry you, between your your cost of living and other stuff to get you from from let's say probably the end of November over to let's say the twentieth of April, you know. So you probably want to have that. We try and build that into the system as well, like you know that we would have that deposit there that we could use, you know, keep things ticking over till then, like because we wouldn't see another good mint check to let's say to be April, April before we'd see a good check again, like, you know, to get the show on the road again for the year. Okay. Uh, I suppose um, Tiger also mentioned this as well, and you have a very good handle on this from uh, talking to you. The cost of running the household, um, I'm not going to ask you for exact figures now or to out <laughs> anybody, but um, it's a lot more than people often think, I think. And uh, we'll say, like, given the current circumstances and things being locked down, you've even noticed yeah. that there's been less money spent this year because that, of less transport costs, etc. That's, that's true, Stuart. Yeah, like, we're not going to the matches, so um, there's a big saving there on that. So, like, we, we've seen now the household spending since the COVID thing has, our household spending has been way down, to be honest with you. I'd say we're nearly saving a thousand euros a month on household spending but I think the lads will, will recoup that now in the next couple of months you know but um, no it's, it, it is it is one like there is a lot of money goes into a house to be honest with you you know it's you want to like it would surprise you between running two cars now and ESB and everything like there's you know there's there's a fair cost in that all right to be fair you know and in terms of dealing with that now, uh, during the dry period and so forth, yeah. have you a standing order set up from the farm? Yeah, we, we 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 lodge in we lodge in money into the, into our own personal account at the start of every month, and um, let's say sometimes you'd have to top it up at the end of the month. Let's say that would be would be kind of a bit strong, but you know, um, yeah, that's we we generally transfer it over, but we kind of keep an eye on the household spending. Set. We kind of keep it separate to the farm. Let's say we uh, we just keep a track of it in the copy, in the notebook as well. We keep a track of household spending, but um, we do that monthly as well. We take all the when we're looking through our bank statement, we take all the household stuff, you know, your ESB and your phones and stuff like that out, and um, we we put that into a separate page then, you know, so that we we really have a what the farm is really making and what the house is really costing I suppose you know yeah okay very good so, and you you would have said there as well obviously um, given the, the the COVID scenario that you've seen the, the drop in the household expenses yeah. but like exactly just re- reiterating and reinforcing what Tiger said there's very little difference in your spending and the, at the farm level uh, no. in, compared to last year like um, I'd say we did the first quarter there up to April there was 35 euros in the difference between this year and last year to be honest with you that's what that's what it was now you know yeah. for, um, just over 100 cow out you know yeah. but um, so farm spending 
it's very hard to, I don't know, maybe we're wrong here, but it's, I think it's very hard to get, um, you know, the stuff you need to put into the cows, let's say it's, it's probably, it's hard enough to drive down the, where you save money probably is probably holding off on capital jobs, I'd say would probably be one and maybe unperforming stock would be another way of keeping it down. But the general thing, it's nearly the same year on year, really, you know? Yeah. So um, you also made comments there, now when we were talking this morning about how you're also prioritise um, not cutting money on receding or on lying. Oh yeah, anything. yeah, you've, yeah. You've all and and because you have your budget there together from last yeah. year or your your cost from last year, you kind of know that you, you've almost factored in a spend on receding or a spend yeah. on lime for the farm. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. it doesn't shake the business when you get a no, um, no, a no, kind of a funny no. milk price. No, so, like, like it's probably very important to probably do the milk recording and let's say do good farming practices because like they'll probably make you more resilient for the likes of now at the moment. Like, you know, like if you can grow more grass, you don't have to buy more feed or you don't have to spread as much fertilizer, like, you know. Yes. So, you know, you're not wasting anything either, I suppose, really. So, so I suppose uh, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't kind of tell you I was going to ask you this one maybe, but we'll say for people, for people that aren't, um, doing any kind of cash flow monitoring. I, I and, and like again, like I said to you, I, I think a lot of people do some form of it a bit like walking grass. They yeah. they might be walking it but they're not putting the figures on it. What would you uh, what would your advice be to people, I suppose, what of the, the benefits that you've seen from doing it in the past and how you see it helping you into the future as well? Yeah, I, I suppose look I suppose um the month the monthly cash flow um like we used to a budget there every year, you know, of um you know, we're only going to spend fifteen thousand a nuts now this year and you go back then you're doing your profit manager in the year and you spend twenty five and you you know, you when you're doing all the budget you're ticking all the you're putting in all the figures you want to put in, like, you know, but they don't really happen. But when you're doing it every month, you can you can look for you can you can probably go forward two months, let's say, and say, this is what I'm going to spend. But you can kind of probably keep, uh, you're constantly keep annoying yourself then that, like, that you're not going to go too mad, you know, on things, let's say. So, like, with the monthly cash flow, you're not either, you're not going to start the job either that you know you can't pay for, you know, because you're, you're keeping a track on it every month, let's say. Whereas, like, you could look at your June, you could look at your, bank account there in June and you could say I have money in the account now and it's Jesus I'm looking good um, the water system is coming like you know but you could have a heap of contractors to pay and you know the, all these boys might be coming in the door in November looking for their money and you've all the money spent already because you, you just want to keep an eye on it that's uh, you know I, I, yeah I so that's you've, you've teed up the next question then so just, <laughs> just before we finish up in terms of how you're like you obviously how are you paying the, the contractors we'll say because contractors Tide might comment on it in a minute they seem to have great bankers they're willing to bankroll them for 10-12 months of the year in a lot yeah. of cases and they then bankroll farmers as a result which probably doesn't help farmers in a lot of no. cases from the point of view of like you said there they spend the money because they have it in their account on something else and when the contractor does come um, he's he's left dry. high and dry, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so 
plenty's coming as well, yeah. <laughs> so I suppose um, we'll say are you, you're paying uh, your contractor on an ongoing basis. Yeah, we, say, we, and, we, 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 we pay the contractor. Uh, let's say we try and let's say he'd probably do the work there on me, you know, and uh, he'd probably be paid before July. Probably He'd be probably paid next week, really, to be honest. Which, uh, uh, any yeah. work that was done in May is probably paid the month after, you know. Okay. So... Um, it's yeah, kind of what is kind of talking your 60 days credit kind of scenario yeah, on, on yeah, 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 kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, and the okay. same with the feed. Um, we're in the purchasing group there, so it's every month like the feed is paid for the same system, and the fertilizer like is paid for the same way as well, to be honest, you know. And it yeah. kind of like I suppose all the heavy lifting is done now, like so we can from now on we can put a bit of a reserve in and we can see then. In, a, in two or three months, if you, like in September, you can look at if you wanted to put in your water system, could you do it? Like, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, with, with more confidence. You and know? in terms of uh, just the final question for you then is uh, in terms of, okay, as I said at the start, we came into January and there was real positive talk about milk yeah. price that it was going to be a real bumper year for us all involved. And uh, then the, the carpet was pulled from under our feet and it looked like we were going to get an awful tumble altogether. That, would you sat down at that stage then and kind of retaught or rejigged kind of the plan for the year or a, a larger? I know you're not doing an annual budget now, but we'll say in terms yeah. of an overall, what's going to come in now for this year on the basis of last year? We're milking similar number of cows. Yeah, we'll be expecting to do the same kind of pr- pr- production again. So we're yeah. going to be down X or Y, like, like Tyg said. Yeah. Did you did you do that? On a, yeah, we, yeah, we kind of did. We kind of did. Um, to be honest. Um, we we uh, um we were, we're actually doing capital job as well this year like so uh so um we went we went to the bank earlier let's say and um said to them that um we were probably we were probably going to finance a, a little part of well we were going to probably finance 20 or 30 grand of it ourselves let's say you know and we were going to get a loan out and the rest on the rest of it that was the first day plan but like we decided then in, in in February that we'd that uh, maybe it would be better if we didn't that if we financed the whole lot it was probably safer and we could like Tyke said um is to build up uh, a bit of cash and we could always pay it back sooner, you know, rather than leaving ourselves tight and we're, we're delighted we did that now at the moment because um you know we're not under any pressure at the moment now because of the doing the job, let's say and, Look, when you're going doing a job, you might as well get on with it, you know. So, um, so, um, no, but delighted now we did, um, look that way. Like, and I suppose have a good relationship with your business manager is, is another big plus as well. Like, to have a good business manager is, uh, is a big okay. thing as well. Um, I'm just going to actually put one more question to you then, and I'm just going to throw it out to people there to, yeah. to put questions in through the QA as well. Um, I suppose. How do you deal with your creditors, I suppose? Do you talk to, we'll say, your your stakeholders in your business for one yeah. better way to describe yeah. them? So you, you're, you're contract rearing your heifers. Yeah. Uh, you have you have contractor, obviously. You have meal suppliers. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have a very open relationship with oh, them? Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Sure, they probably nearly know the finances of the whole fucking farm, I suppose, really, you know. Tell the truth, you know that's short. I, I can't keep you out short, <laughs> you know. But um, they do like like if I was buying crap lies and all that fella, um, I'd, I'd ask for the best deal, obviously. Like, and I tell him, look, uh, I got fertilizer there now. The end of the the end of April, and I told him, man, um, I pay in June, and he's no bother. 
there's no hassle with you. And he gave me the price. And that was it. And I gave him the check the other day. He's out looking at grasses for me. I gave him the check the other day. So that, that's the way we kind of do it. Like in the feed as well, um, we find the dairy nuts, like you might as that bill should be paid anyway because they're after eating the nuts, giving you the milk, the money should be there, you know. So that you know, and the vet as well, we try to pay we try to pay most bills. We don't want the bills to get up over four, four or five thousand, let's say, you know. So we try and pay the silage contractor there when he does the silage look be three or four thousand, even three or four thousand. That he's not coming back at the end of the year looking for fifteen or or twelve thousand yeah. or you know, you've no big building that's uh, you know. It's so just it's, keeping it all very consistent. Keeping it drip very level. Strip yeah. feed them all, like, you know. Yeah, strip feed them yeah. all, like, you know. So and it's not hurting you. You might be dipping in out of the overdraft at the start of the year, like but from now on you'll be able to build up a bit of fat that will keep you going through the winter, let's say, you know. Yeah. So you won't be cancelled. Excellent stuff, Mike. Thanks a million. Um no we're us, very quiet very quiet in the Q and A scenario here. Um so I suppose I'll ask uh Tyg or um Patrick if you want to make any comments in terms of advice that you'd um give to people that are listening in there as to just any things that they should be thinking of doing um in advance of the of the summer, I suppose, or planning for like what what advice would you both give um to people now that maybe don't realise that they might be running into a cash flow situation, who's the what's the best first thing for them to do? Sit down and do X or do Y just to we'll wrap it up then at that. Yeah, Stuart, I look uh, said I think we're halfway through the year. Um as you pointed out, we didn't some things didn't go as planned with weather and COVID. So take the opportunity now as the workload on the farm may be reduced to sit down and see where you are compared to where you were last year. And if you see an issue for the end of the year, move fast and seek help early. And the longer you leave it, the harder it is to fix it. So take the opportunity now just to see how you, how, how good or bad your business is. And for most people, there will be no issue. Um, they'll be quite healthy, but for the odd person that may need a bit of help for whatever reason, uh, go whether to your accountant or your local advisor um, and start the process to see what, to try and give yourself a bit of help for back end. Okay, and Tyke, I suppose I'd just ask you to comment, maybe given, like you said there, about the restaurant situation and so yeah. forth, um, that they're shut down very quickly. So they're, they're in the past, I suppose, we might not have been competing at a credit control level for uh, with the level of of applications that might be coming into the bank in, as a whole. So in terms of time frame, um, people probably think today is Thursday and I'll need the money next Thursday. And if I ring Tyke, I'm going to get it. But what kind of a time frame are we actually talking about really? Yeah, so I suppose um, well, it depends what you're probably doing. If you're looking for an increase in working capital, you probably get it quite quite quickly. If you're looking at retrospectively funding finance, it might take a, a bit longer. Um, what I suppose what I would say is I think that you know might give some great advice there, and Patrick as well. I completely agree with Patrick said. One of the simple things you can do is you could sit down and look at where you are this year, this time this year versus this time last year. Like check what your current account balance was this time last year. You can check it on like most guys are online now banking. You just go back and check what it was at this time last year, um, and check you know know what your creditors are. And I think a great piece of advice as well, like like guys say with the contractor, they 
say, well, I didn't get a bill off the contractor, so I couldn't pay him. Like, you know what the con you owe the contractor within reason. You could give him half it now. Or, or, or like, so you could easily pay on account a, a chunk of it. And it, like exactly what uh, Mike said, then you're not facing a 15 grand bill in, in October. Uh, so, you know, trying to keep the thing, you know, keep those bills down is, is a good piece of advice. But the first thing, you, a very easy thing to do is check where you are versus this time last year. Uh, and it's not that hard to do because current account, you start there, what do you owe, the, what you owe your co-op? What you owe your other big creditors, you know, you'll have a good idea what you owe this time last year. That'll tell you a lot. Very good. Um, just I suppose one other one question after coming in here, and um, I might be interpreting it wrong now, Pierce, but I'll, I'll put it the way I'm picking it up. Um, Ty, what way do you, uh, in terms of okay, somebody having a five year plan, um, what way do you look at that in terms of if they're not doing anything big? Should people still be doing that kind of a forward planning exercise? If there's there's no no major wholesale change maybe happening on a farm, but yeah, yeah. So so that, that's a good question. Like what we do is we we try to get to the point where we have your um, sustainable level of of your sustainable farming operation or your long term farming operation. So really, what you're trying to do is if you're going through an expansion or you're going through a new entrance or whatever. You try to go, it might be year three before you're at full full tilt. But when you're at full tilt, that's your budget then, probably going forward. So you just, it's, it's repeat, repeat, repeat. So it depends what, so if you're, if you're not changing your next five years, really the, we just look at one long-term budget and we go, well, that's going to be hopefully within reason. But the, no two years are going to be the same, but like if you look at it over three or four years, it's going to average out around that. And so... <laughs> It's about getting to the point where you have you're at your full production because like if you are going through expansion what we always see is efficiencies do drop when you expand uh, inevitably and then they catch back up after you've gone through the expansion because if you put on a lot of heifers you're going to have lower production you know you're you're changing in terms of bigger numbers you know it's it's different uh you know getting used to the, a bigger operation so it's about making sure the transition period is, is, is factored in from a finance point of view. Okay, so um, one question for you there, Mike, just before we finish up. So how much time do you spend doing the cash flow and um, in, like, does it feed into doing profit monitor for you? And we'll say, you're, I think uh, in terms of tax bill prediction, do you use it from that point of view? Or like you said to me earlier that you, you're paying your tax bill on a monthly basis anyway, again, just to avoid the, that hidden bang that Ty was talking about there towards the end yeah. of the year. Um, so just I suppose in terms of the time that you spend on it and using it for profit monitor then for one of the first in with the profit monitor anyway and January so. <laughs> I'm excited to know how it looks. Um no sure sure um to be honest with you, it probably only takes an hour or two an hour would even do an offer for you to be fair. Like let's say no for us it, at the moment it probably only if you were starting off and you might want to look back over what you were doing last year or something it will take you a long time a good bit of time but for us at the moment it's I'd say you'd even do it under an hour let's say you'd have you do well you'd nearly do it there while I'm drinking your tea in the morning you just open up the laptop and you write down what was in the household what was the ESB and put them into the book and go through the checkbook there's only going to be four or five checks put them in that's it it, it doesn't take it doesn't take an awful long time and your profit monitor done, is done then 
in 20 minutes because you have you have all the what you spend on feed and the whole uh, like I kind of use the um, the profit monitor or template let's say for my headings and uh, sure it's all done then in jig time like to be honest you know jig time very good just one just one comment Stuart there and um, I suppose now would be a good time to try and get your tax order, your tax affairs in order, like when the code, you know, work is slacking off, maybe go to your accountant now and then to be going in September, October to try to find out your tax liability for last year. Like I think now would be a very good time to get on with that job and maybe know in the next couple of weeks what, what you do or what's owing, like, you know, because that could be another big bill that would come True. out of nowhere as well, like, you know, so maybe now is the time to, you know, because that would tie in with your, your cash flow as well, let's say you could be looking back over what you did last year, which would tie in for this year as well from the cash flow Absolutely. point of view. Like. Absolutely, yeah. And I suppose um, the other thing is with, with doing the getting the accounts together early, it gives you an opportunity maybe because in fairness, dairy yeah. farming generally does have, uh, there's, there's going to be a tax bill. So maybe yeah. it can allow people to plan a small bit more in terms of some of the spending that they actually do, which exactly. can be, Rather than giving it to the, to the tax man, man. Yeah, we can actually reap the benefits of it. Like so, like you said earlier, maybe the spore road, like Ty said, the water system can be yeah. done rather than yeah. having a fear that we're going to be short of cash and then finding out that we actually have a surplus and we That's end up it. paying a lot of taxes as a result exactly. of it. Or like Patrick often says, we, we buy the wrong thing with the, the spare money that we have left over, That's which it. doesn't really do any major benefit. No, no, any justice. Yeah, exactly. So. So like spending on lime, stuff like that, they're yeah. great investments for future-proofing, as you said. And uh, he, just having that information, knowledge is power, of course, as, as the saying goes. So look, we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, a big thanks to Mike for taking time out to come on to us uh, uh-huh. and talk to us about his system. And we'll, we'll be do, doing a little bit more with you, Mike, in the next couple of weeks to try and show okay. people how you, you are doing it. Big thanks yeah. to Tyke as well for coming on and giving us his uh, views. And Patrick would have been a key organizer in the whole uh, operation for today. So thanks to Patrick. And following what Mark Gibson does on a Friday on the environmental webinars, a better thank Padraig O'Connor, who's in the background all the time, working on the recordings and so forth. So... We have been running into a little bit of difficulty there lately with the recordings, but hopefully we'll uh, get them them right and people will be able to watch back because there's a lot of good information in today's webinar. Uh, And thanks a million for coming on, everybody, and we'll just invite you to come back again next week when we'll be talking to Gordon Pepper, who's the structures farm structures um, specialist within Chagas. We'll also be talking to Keen Job and David Fogarty, two guys that are managing farms currently, uh, just to outline how they've progressed in their careers in dairy farming. Uh, we look forward to meeting you then. And thanks everybody and take care and, and stay safe. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and thanks for listening.